welcome to Sticks and Scones, where Adam bakes scones while discussing sticks with Brad. Sticks and scones may break my bones, but art rock quintets will never hurt me. In fact, they are the source of my greatest strength. Hi, Brad. Welcome. Oh, I was going to intro it off. Well, yeah, maybe do that. I'll shut up. All right, we'll we'll do that first. (laughs) Okay. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Sticks and Scones, the podcast where Brad and Adam talk about the band Sticks while Adam bakes scones. Hey, Brad. How's that? How's that for an intro? I like it. It's like you've done this before. Yeah, you know, every once in a while, here we are. Every once in a while, Blind Squirrel finds a nut. So how, so tell me, so you're in a underground baking lair, as I understand it right now. Yep, I'm in my underground baking lair. In fact, um, I'm going to take a picture, which um, I'll be posting here and there to our new Instagram feed, at Guttercast. I guess this is where we pimp our shit, I guess. I guess. I guess. Yeah, our new Instagram but yeah, it's super secret, top secret location. Um, you might be able to tell from the echoiness. It's a cavernous place. Right, an underground cavern. Yep, an underground cavern. It's kind of like with the... With a stove. Uh, with a stove and a fridge and a sink and a bathroom, which I just took a shower in, actually. What more do you really need, right? It's got all the amenities you could possibly want. I may never leave. You just live in this car. You just need a food drop every once in a while. Just a food drop, you know? Parachute it down, a la Hunger Games or something. Yeah, and you're, you're set. I'm good. I'm golden. But anyway, I've got a scone recipe here. I've never made yeah. scones before, first of all. So I'm going to bake some of these scones, and I'll send you some ASAP so that they're right. fresh-ish. And, All right, uh, excellent. And then in the next episode, I can give a uh, yeah a report. Yeah, report back. So, what kind of scones are these? Just like your regular garden variety scones? Well, I can't really tell you that, Brad. Okay, so it's a surprise. It's a little bit of a surprise. So They're like special uh, white Russian scones. Could be, could be. You're just gonna have to wait and find out. Well, wait. Okay. So, have you begun baking yet? No, in fact, I'm going to preheat the oven now. Uh, All right, here yeah, we- better get that going. Let's see what temperature we got here. Um, oh, shit, you dirty asshole. Okay, 400. Push. Push what? I want to push. I don't know how to operate this machine. Well, there we go. 85. You know what always drives me crazy? It's like... When you bake things or cook things in the oven, it's always like, hey, shush. It's always like 400, 425, 375. It's increments of 25, always. Yes. It's yes. like there's no room for nuance. And like baking especially is all about nuance. Like you can't have like half a teaspoon plus, you know, a quarter of a gram. It needs to be exact. And yet here they are like with these wildly... <laughs> Not even right. wild, just like giant increments of temperatures. And isn't there yeah. a call for like 
385 once in a while well, does does your stove go does it does it can you just punch in increments of 25 on the stove or could you do let's say 385 if let's say a recipe called for it no the stove only goes in increments of five but, five though but not 25 no it goes in increments of five so there you go so 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 you just have to find the right recipe well, and that this not is not the recipes for dummies, or again, kind of invent your own. You could be a pioneer. I've tried that with baking. It's usually a wild disaster. Yeah, baking is kind of like you got to follow the exact instructions. It's not like throwing a bunch of stuff in a pot that you're right. stirring, where I found you can just kind of freewheel it yeah. left and right. You freeball at your own touch. But you- baking is more kind of like chemistry. It's like totally. you, know, you can't have leftover you know, atoms of a certain type in there. There's just not enough. No, it changes the whole reaction and then it ruins your entire thing, which is why I find it so peculiar that like there's no call for a three ninety or a four fifteen or a four twelve. It's all like three fifty to four fifty in increments of twenty five. Three fifty, three seventy five, four hundred, four twenty five, four fifty, and no nuance in there. At all. Well, that's also just completely those numbers, though. That numbering system is just made up. Like, what if ovens worked on the Flargenstein scale, where it was just one, two, three, four, all the way up to let's say ten? Well, that would be, and then you'd have you know, even that, less that customization. You then. wouldn't really complain about it then. So I don't know if that would necessarily work too well. Motherfucker. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Motherfucker. Motherfucker. How about that? That's a good noise. We got disconnected and we're back. We're back. We will not be denied. So, yeah, so you're talking about the increments on the stove being 25 degree increments. Right. And I was saying those increments, though, those numbers, that's just a, a, a human man made scale. It is. So really, like, for example, if you're using Celsius, the numbers, there'd be much less leeway there, I believe. True. Or, you know, if we were using the Flargen scale, you'd be using, like, you could just go from 1 to 10. And that could represent, like, Like, 200 to... uh, like five hundred, like four hundred. Yeah, it's about two hundred to five hundred. Exactly. It's like pick one of these. Yeah. That's in essence what they're doing, right? But my whole like, it's all the same. That, you wouldn't be like, oh, where's the where's the one point two? But sure, you would because like the diff, like it's basically the same like delta then between each increment if like 1 to 10 represents 200 to 500 on a fahrenheit scale yeah but you would it's never 30 think degree increment in fahrenheit so you never think of it that way right but like you would still know like the difference between 3 and 4 is a lot hotter like 4 is a lot hotter than 3 is 325 a lot harder hotter than 300 i know like 85 is a lot harder than 60, like when you're outside. Yeah. But once it gets like blisteringly hot, like you would die from that heat, your hand would just blister if you touched something that temperature and the flesh would instantly die. Maybe it doesn't matter anymore. But we're n- I'm not cooking humans down here, you know? It's fucking chemistry, Holmes. 
Yeah, I guess you're right. My point, though, is like all of those scales that you were talking about, yes, they're all arbitrary, but the gaps between each setting are ridiculously large. Even though the stove, you can dial in a much more precise temperature. All this to say, I had one of those like Trader Joe's packaged meals of like General Tso's chicken or something, which I love. Oh, yeah. I love that shit. Yes. I looked at the back of the package and it was like preheat oven to three motherfucking 185. There you go. And I was like, praise Jesus. 385. Some people's ovens might not even be able to do that. Maybe not. Maybe not. But I'm looking for like, you know, single degree increment oven. I want to be able to punch in, you know, 412 if I want to. Yeah. I don't even have this thing preheating yet. Yeah, activate that. 400, right? That's why I sure. No. When it comes to uh, those Trader Joe's Chinese foods, the Kung Pao chicken, that's my favorite. I haven't had that one. Throw that bag in a wok with a little oil. Good stuff. Oh, see, the ones I do, they just go on a some peanuts baking sheet in the oven. And then you heat the sauce up. You just toss it. Right. No, yeah. I've had those, too. Something about wok cooking it, I think, works yeah. out better. Oh, sure. Like, you're not trying to simulate that, like, deep friedness and reheating it in the oven. It doesn't quite work. Because Kung Pao chicken's not breaded or fried, so it's kind of like... That's true. Oh, this is actually just... Like cubes of chicken. Normal. Yeah. Little chunks of chicken. Right. With a delicious spicy seasoning and some peanuts. All right. The easiest way to do this is in a food processor, they say. So I'm going to put the dry ingredients in the food processor. Were slightly, W-H-I-R, because that's a technical term. Were slightly to mix. All right. So I'm going to do this. Right, go for that. I'm going to start doing this. So while you're doing that, we also need to talk about uh, sticks a little bit. Well, yeah, I need my bacon music on here. Yeah. Today we are talking about their eponymous album. Yep. Sticks, also referred to as Sticks One. Right. Probably when it but, came out, it wasn't referred to as Sticks One. Right. Well, it was originally released in 1972, but then it was re-released in 1980. See, I didn't know it was re-released in 1980 because yeah, I think. After, like, some of their... They became more popular. And some of their bigger songs were out there in the late 70s. They, like, went back. Because they changed... To mine these gems. Yeah, they changed labels after their first four albums, I think. They were originally on Wooden Nickel. And then they transferred over to RCA. And then they had, like, new covers for all their old albums and stuff. So it was always okay. cool when you could find, like, the old cover... For like Sticks One, Sticks Two, Serpent, Serpent is Rising, excuse me, and Man of Miracles. Which right, the, you're using the, the shorthand there, Serpent. Right, which they changed. Because you're it a then. super fan. Yeah, well, they did change it though. Like when they re released it with new artwork, they just called it Serpent. Oh, okay. And then they called Man of Miracles, Miracles. Like, is that really harsh in your buzz that bad to have three extra words in the title? Miracles is a much better album title than Man of Miracles, though, I do have to say. Why is that? Serpent is Rising versus Serpent? I don't know. 
If well, it depends if you're into that whole gravity thing or not. I guess uh, it's, when I hear a band has a has an album called Serpent Is Rising, and then the next one is Man of Miracles. I'm thinking like Dungeons and Dragons. Sure, there's a little bit of that in there. There's some fantasy elements. And so maybe they're trying to downplay that fantasy at some point, because that was no longer as avant-garde as it once was. That could be. Could be. Lord of the Rings so was getting a little more mainstream. Yeah, exactly. You mentioned um, the album covers. Yeah. So the album cover for this sticks one that I know. It has the bands naked on the cover. Um, and I'm guessing that's the re-release. That's what's on Spotify. The band is naked on Sticks 1? Well, it's like a, a painting of like, I don't know, like a bunch of people in a cave wailing and gnashing their teeth. And then there's a flame, like that painting, that etching, that artwork is being like burned away. I know the flame. And behind it is sticks standing abreast of each other, naked. Well, not. I mean, you can't. It's not full. You frontal can't or anything. see their junk. The the flames and the smoke obscure it. Right, which was on purpose. <laughs> yes, they weren't going that that hardcore for an album cover. Not for their first album, at least. No. But, you know, that was the the 19... What was that? What did I say this was? 1972? Yeah, 72. That was the style of the time. Yeah. Long-haired male nudity. (laughs) It was very big. Very big at the time. You know, they they were a product of their time. You know, Brad, as many times... Well, here's the thing. Different album covers. Like... I never had, because when we were buying Styx albums, we usually had them on cassette. So first of all, the cover is really, really tiny, so it's hard to see what's going on. I didn't have this on vinyl, which is, you know, a much more cover-friendly, like artwork-friendly format. But also, when we were, my brother and I, when I say we, you might know him, his name's David. When we were buying these, it was the uh, RCA re-releases. And Sticks 1 is this, like, um, how do I even describe it? Like, uh, there's a style for this artwork. It's very, like, pastel, bold colors with a little race car, like, cartoonish race car driving along on the bottom. Like, the background is just, like, pure yellow or pink or something. And it's all just these, like, what do you call it? Just, like, rudimentary shapes and like flat colors, flat pastel colors. I'm sure there's a name for it. I don't know it. So that's how I knew this album. So anytime I saw this alternate cover, I just didn't really look at it too closely. And I got to say, I never noticed. Tommy, can you hear me? Yellow. Tommy, can you hear me? Yellow. Autumn, can you hear me? Yellow. Adam, can you hear me? I'm guessing not. Hello. 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 Hello? 
This is going to be a fun one to edit. Uh, it really is. <laughs> I could hear you. You could? I could not hear you. So, <coughs> I mean, if we're going to do much more of these, you might have to run a long-ass cable down into the... Uh, yeah. Into your, bake, <laughs> into your baking layer or something. Hardwire it. The thing is, I have like... I have full signal strength on both my laptop and my phone, so I'm not sure why it's cutting out like that. But yeah, I'll either uh, set up a repeater or just run a cable down. Probably just run the fucking cable down. All right, well, we're back. I'll talk about uh, nudity and the... Yeah, you were describing the Styx album cover. Right. I'll just start there. 30. Bye. So, all right. <coughs> but my point is, I never noticed, like, the little, like, naked sticksmen on there. Because so I was always seeing it tiny, and, or not at all. I was seeing the alternate right. cover. And, or, and I was um, just looking at the word sticks and, like, oh, there's fire. But, like, <laughs> it's all blurred out in the middle. They are maybe even covering their genitals with their hands, but there's blurry redness over it, so you can't really tell. Yes. So this is the 1972 version. Right, right. It seems like. Yeah, this is the original. Yeah, they're really up in there. They're close. They're touching. I think... I'm I'm struggling to decide which mustachioed gentleman is Dennis DeYoung. Well, back in this era... It's a little hard to tell because he had the fro and John had the fro too. So there were at least two dark-haired fro guys. But he's probably the one in the middle. Yeah. I'm going to say. I kind of lean toward he's the one just to the left of the guy in the middle, but it's hard to say. But in either case, they're like like kind of turned, <laughs> you know, turned in toward each other. All right, two cups unbleached. There was a lot of like... Pressing the flesh, if you would. They may, uh, I'm not talking about handshakes. They may have had little, like, um, you know, groin covers on. Yeah, little, like those little, like, yeah, little stretchy pantyhose type things. Yeah, like skin colored. So they're just, like, in essence, like their chest hairs are intermingling. They're intertwining a little bit. They may have had. But the- at least down there, there's they're not mixing it up too much. No. Or who knows? Maybe they were. It was 1972. You know, there was a whole different thing going on back then. There was, and Dennis has a flair for the theatrical, so you never know. Yeah, it could have just been part of the whole like we're getting the album cover done. We can't fake this. It needs to be fully authentic. Yep. I lean towards that. Yeah. All right. Well, you were also talking about the sticks like race cars cover. Yeah, do you see that one? Which I looked that one up while you were talking about it, and that's actually a pretty rad cover. Yeah, it's cool. It's definitely not as, like, late 60s era looking, even though this was 72. Yeah. But what is that style of artwork called? I don't know. Seems like there's there'd be a name for it. I was going to say... I think there probably is. It's like... It's not Saul they, Bass style, but, like, something. Just with, like, B 
big bold shapes and like in your yeah, face outlines, colors, outlines and like But also like these cars kinda like the way they're drawn, like the way the wheels I don't know. Almost like there's a It reminds me of like old olden times. It's like modern retro for the eighties. Like it kinda almost reminds me of the thirties, like Metropolis. Yes. The movie Metropolis. Yes. Yes. But like a colorful take on that. Well, it seems like when they did these re-releases, because you talked about how they re-released Sticks 1 through 4, mm-hmm. it looks like they did that same style of art on all of them. They did. They did. And that's how I knew them growing up. Growing up. And you were like, wow, they like kept this theme going for four albums straight. <laughs> right. But they didn't. Little did you know. Little did I know. All right. There's this whole... Half cup butter... Oh, wait, no, no, no. Dry ingredients. A third cup organic sugar. Well, I got news for you. This ain't organic. Sorry. And I also just have... I brought down, because I'm in my satellite dungeon kitchen, I just brought down, like, one measuring cup, and it's a one-cup measuring cup. So, I'm going to be eyeballing it here a little bit. Here goes the sugar. Yep. Sure. It's probably better to put in too much sugar than too little. <laughs> what could go wrong? All right. I put in what I think is maybe a little too much sugar, but close. I will put that in there. See, this food processor is tricky because, like, it goes down over a shaft in the center. So the bowl has an open column in the middle. So you have to pour the ingredients around the outside. Otherwise, it goes right. down into the empty area. And that's a little tricky. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. Uh, what else do I need? A teaspoon. Now, I don't have a teaspoon down here. A te- teaspoon of baking powder. I'm eyeballing it. I think I got this. What do you think? Too much or too little if I had to? <laughs> I guess you want puffy scones? That, that one I'm not so sure about. Yeah. Well, fuck it, dude. There. There's a teaspoon. That looks pretty good. Half teaspoon of sea salt. I got this. I would like to... Here's the thing, Brad. Now, we decided on this podcast format, and I didn't realize... Like, I forgot about the new stick song that they recorded in 1997 or 98. I was really excited because they had some new music out. Okay. And it was called... On my way, I want to say. Okay. Is that right? I don't know. It was from a Greatest Hits album or something, but they had like one or two, maybe just one new track on it that they recorded. Tommy Shaw got back because he was on the outs for a while. And it was, yeah, I think it's On My Way. And after we decided on this format, I sent you that song and I was like, holy shit. Right. We should play that little intro to the song. We should include that in. Well, let's do it now. Well, I think we should. We can in, in, include it in the uh, in the intro. Mix it up. Well, in that Once case, we create an intro after we've recorded this. Well, in that case, we already did it. 
We already did. I don't know what you're talking about. We already heard but it. But on, yeah, On My Way, which is from Return to Paradise. Return to Paradise, yeah. Is that their greatest hits? That's one of them. Yeah, it was like, it was their tour where they played all of the Paradise Theater album and then a bunch of other shit, but for was the... Was this, was Dennis DeYoung still with them at this time? Well, hell yeah, we saw this. This is, well, maybe not. Maybe you didn't go to this one. We may have seen I've never the, seen Sticks Live. You're full of shit. Our friend James has seen them live. You weren't there. We saw them on the Grand Illusion tour. No, we saw them on the Paradise Theater tour. Maybe you weren't there. I swear you. How? Why would you not have been? <coughs> when you were there with James, this wasn't when you also saw Ted Nugent, was it? No, no, no. Come on. <laughs> well, I'm trying to piece it together. That was Slaughter, Quiet Riot, Ted Nugent, and Night Ranger. Okay, no sticks. No stick. They probably wouldn't be welcome in that lineup too much. <sighs> Not too much. Like, maybe a Ted little Nugent Night Ranger. Ted Nugent would, like, bite the ear off of Chuck Panazzo or something. Well, Ted Nugent played with Tommy Shaw, so, like, I would say the Nuge would be the one yeah. that might let them in. That's true. Or maybe That's some true. Night Ranger, but the other two, probably not. Damn Yankees. Those damn Yankees. Can, it was a super group of sorts. Can you take me high enough? Can you fly me over? Fly me over. Yesterday. That's pretty good. That's a nice Tommy Shaw falsetto. That wasn't so bad. Yeah. Now, that song I'm very familiar with. I remember when that song was popular on the radio. You knew no stick songs on the MTV. at all, but you knew Damn Yankees high enough. Well, I didn't know who Tommy Shaw was either. Well, I'm not I saying... I knew who Ted Nugent was, and I was like, okay, Ted Nugent is in this Cat group. Scratch Fever, Stranglehold. Yeah. Well, if nothing else, Ted Nugent, like, there was those, uh, you know, like, K-Tel record commercials, right? The fuck is that? I don't know that. Like, there'd be those commercials for, like, oh, get the best rock volume two or whatever. Remember when rock and roll used to really rock? So do we. And the Nuge was the spokesperson for that? No, but then they would have, like, you know, the... You know, those, like, old album commercials and, like... Yeah, 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 and they show a little clip of, like, a live music and they scroll the titles of the songs, Cat, Scratch, yeah, and Fever... The, and the ones that are, are in yellow. playing are right. in yellow. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. I know them. That's so, how I mainly knew Ted Nugent and Cat, Scratch, Fever. And, and not one of those commercials ever had Come Sail Away in yellow on it? I, not that I'm aware of. It would have stuck with me if it did. But now you know the very narrow <laughs> slit through which I was attempting to view, not attempting to view, but through which I did view like classic rock like that. You're a large man. You shouldn't try forcing yourself through these narrow slits. We're slightly to mix. <laughs> that didn't do anything. It didn't. Oh, shit. I didn't put the blade in. Now I got to find something to like dump all this out. God damn it.
of God. Okay, we're connected. That was actually, I think, my fault. I think the internet went out here. You know what? It's good that the it last did. disconnect. Because my uh, receiver ran out of bat or almost ran out of batteries. So I replaced them, and I got a full charge on that. So if I wouldn't have checked, it probably would have run out in like five minutes. So Good. That would have been disastrous. Disastrous. All right. I don't even remember what we were talking about. Well, it was kind of the nuge, but I'm just going to slam us back in because I just slam realized something. Slam us back in. I just realized why <laughs> when I was pouring the ingredients into the bowl, like they were going down the center column, it's because I didn't have the blade in. That covers that up. So, oh. So, yes. You, well, right. Yeah, you got to put the blade in. You got to put the blade in first. Because how are you going to put the blade in after it's all filled with shit? You can't. I had to dump it food. out onto a like plastic plate, a red plastic plate, put the blade in, which I dropped on the floor. Then I had to wash it off again, dry it, and now I'm worrying the ingredients a little bit. There you go. There we go. All right. Where that puppy? I word it. Now, you know, my underground baking lair is not exactly well appointed so i'm gonna have to cut this butter on the same plastic plate and then i wish you could see the size of the whisk i have to <laughs> i have to is use. it is it comically tiny well yes or is it comically oversized it's comically tiny i'll send you a picture okay <laughs> i'm waiting for it i can't wait to see a tiny whisk it's uh, a whisk Whisk. There you go. That'll be there in a sec. All right, I got to cut this butter. Chunks. Cut butter into chunks and put it in the food processor. That's, that is a ridiculously tiny whisk. It's tiny. It's the size of my pinky finger, basically. Basically. All right, I kept this butter cold. I'm going to cut it up here. So you were talking, you know, you were giving me the juice about not... Uh, you know, knowing sticks. Seems ridiculous. I didn't really have any awareness of sticks. Um, I never get tired until of you kind of introduce them to me. Talking about your ignorance. Yes. Well, but it's interesting listening to this album because I it brought me back to the first time I was ever cognizant of sticks. Well, how would that be? Because. You didn't hear this album, certainly. 
I I did in your car. This is the that's the first shit I played for you. I don't know if it is or isn't, so I may have heard other sticks first. And I certainly knew the song Mr. Roboto going way back. Right. I just didn't realize that was the same band Sticks. Right, right, that right. you were talking about. I didn't put that together till till a while later. You know, it's but that's very likely actually that I played Sticks One for you first because I was kind of like evangelizing Sticks a little bit. And I thought the best way to do that was to to the best of my ability, divorce sticks from the idea of Mr. Roboto and its ilk. Right. Well, I'll say this. Sticks 1 is very listenable. It is. At, for, by and large. For its time, you know. it's. It just sounds like some decent classic rock. Right. That's all it is. Some decent. But now, and you pointed There's this out. There's some little warning signs Little sticksiness in there, here and there. Some little, little keyboardiness mm-hmm. in places. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, okay... Yep, yep. But, so here's here's what I remember. And I don't know, like, maybe you were trying to evangelize Sticks at the time and I didn't realize it. I was in your car, and you had a cassette player, and you were playing this music that was so... Incomprehensible and foreign? Incomprehensible to me. Well, I shouldn't say that, because, again, this album isn't that incomprehensible. Although, what the first thing I heard... You put it on, and it was like the speaking part in the middle of Movement for the Common Man. Oh, well, yeah, that's going to be weird. And then it cuts right from there into the weird, like, keyboardness. Oh, you know, that's probably the most unfortunate point to, like, break into that album for the first time. Right, yeah, and I was like, wait, what is what is this? Did they ever tell you to go dirty? <laughs> to go dirty? <laughs> Yeah, and I remember you kind of like mouthing that, or like you're not really mouthing it, but actually saying that along with that part of the album. And then it was, then it, you know, and it starts with the kind of like you know fanfare for the common man from Aaron Copeland. Mm-hmm. After that, and that's kind of okay, but then it very quickly gets into the like Ec- I don't know what exactly you call it, reverby, fluty keyboard. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Now, I think, though, like, if you've been through the first part of Movement for the Common Man up until that point, maybe that's a little more tolerable than just, like, coming into it with no... No warning. Just like, here it is. Yes. Like, maybe if it's built up to that point. No, I'm with you on that. Maybe. Like, you know, maybe I'm just trying it's to. Definitely more, it's definitely more tolerable. Because you're already in the, the idea of this kind of <clears throat> long concept song. And this is a movement that's maybe a little strange. Shit, I didn't put the. I put the. Sh- no, I put the sugar in. All right. Sorry. So do you have any clue about what is with that, like, interlude in the middle of that song? About all the interviews and stuff? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think any more than anybody else who's listened to it. Like, because they're talking about work progress, and I mean, it seems like... I mean, they're from Chicago. Bunch of, you know, blue-collar, working-class folks there. 
And this is, yeah. what, 1971, 72, when they're recording this. So WPA was, what, 50s? Or? That was the 30s. Oh, 30s. That's it helped uh, get us out of the coming out of the Depression. Well, even so, that's only like, you know... 30, 35 years ago, maybe. Right, and they're making some comments about welfare. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no reason someone should have to be on welfare. You know what I mean? But Kids today, they don't know how to work. Like, it's this kind of like, I don't know. But he also... I hear it today is like this grumpy old man. Grumpy old man, but one of them is also like, hey, you know, they did that back in the 30s. Like, why don't you start that same thing up now? Get people working again. Why not? You know, so it's like opposing yeah. viewpoints and like, I don't know, just things never change. The more they change, the more right. they stay the same. There's always going to be people right. on both sides of shit. Yeah. The, uh... I'm sorry, is that too loud? No, it's, well, it's a little loud. I don't know. I, so I was thinking that the... Uh... W B B B B B B B B W P A works progress. No, not W P A, but the um T W like that that interview that the the spoken the like kind of like whatever you want to call it the interview portion I guess in my mind now I don't know why it just occurs to me now talking about it but in my mind listening to this because I've probably listened to this album ten times all the way through all the way through. Or mostly all the way through. Sorry, to, this has uh, to prepare be for this. This has to be crumbly. So. Yeah, make it crumbly, man. But I don't want the butter to melt, so I gotta be careful. All right, that might okay, be. Well, crumbly. you do that. I'll 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 cue up here. Why don't we listen to a little bit of this mo- movement for a common man? Serenade us. Like I have it here on my phone. It's kind of, you know, maybe in the background here. I don't know. It's bringing me back. But, you know, yeah, it starts out. It sounds like some decent classic rock that I can kind of rock out to. Sure. I was very surprised going back to listening to this to prepare for this episode. I was like, hey, I can... Rock out to this. It's a music for its time and place, you know? Yeah. And now, it wasn't a bad time and place. The, I'm going to fast forward a little bit here. Yeah, to the, like, interview portion. Like, you just kind of hear some, like, street noise. Yeah, well, you see now... Now, I'm a depression baby. Here's and something some guys talking. Well, here's something about this guy. I always kind of suspected that this guy talking right now is actually Dennis DeYoung. No, that's exactly what I was going to say. That I felt that that was Dennis DeYoung or maybe another member of the band, but probably Dennis. It really sounds like Dennis. And, like, it sounds like I always imagined it was, like, the band or... Talking to this old guy, so the, so there's the old guy talking, because he even says the thing like you know long hair, no no offense to you gentlemen, right or whatever, long right? Hair, so beard. he's talking. This guy's talking to the members of Sticks. I don't know, like maybe they were. This guy was standing on the street corner. They came out of their ragtag studio to take a break, get some fresh air. 
they start talking to this guy and someone's like, hey, hit record. Get, let's capture some audio, man. Well, in 72, it would have had to have been a little bit more of a production. Like, yeah, they had to go out with the intent to record stuff. Right. It's not like you well, can you whip your know. iPhone Maybe out. Maybe someone was, you know, they had a portable recorder. They're doing some avant-garde, like Dale Cooper audio diarying. Well, that's what I mean. Diarying. Like, But it was intentional. Yeah. Right. It wasn't just like we were outside. Right. It wasn't like... You know, whip out your iPhone and press record on voicemail. Right. One of them had a lavalier mic that was like, you know, wireless and still a- active when they went out. And they came back in and were like, oh shit, we just recorded that whole conversation. <laughs> we recorded it over the middle of the song. Fuck! Damn it! Oh, well, we'll just leave it in. We'll make it seem like it was on purpose. But here's the yeah. thing. Like, it's that one, that guy sounds like Dennis, but the rest of them don't sound like the other members. Like, the rest of them sound legit. But maybe it's just the Chicago accent. Ah, shit. Yeah, it could be. I mean, I guess we'll, there's just no way to know. And there isn't a whole lot of information online about this that I can find. It's just about this album. The later ones, yes. But this album, not a whole lot. So here's the end. And again, talking about my own memories of this, I remember it, you know... There was like, did they ever tell you to go dirty? And then it kind of went right into some kind of music right after that, which obviously it doesn't. But it's the weird way memory can be warped. So here's what happens. Yeah, right after that, they go into the... All right, fanfare. This this is Aaron Copeland. Fanfare for the common man. Okay, let's include that in. They're making a big, epic thing here. Hey. There he is. I didn't even realize we got disconnected. Yep. We got disconnected... I mean, I did about five seconds before you called back, I realized. All right, we got disconnected a minute and a half ago, so. No, we did not. We did. But it's fine. Just uh, continue. I'm just making scones here. All right, you keep making scones. Uh, What am I going to do about these? Oh, shit, I did have teaspoon measuring spoons down here. So here, I'm going to go back to the... uh, Here, let's go back to the music for a little bit. I want to get to the... The where it goes, where where Dennis the Young's influence becomes very apparent, at least in my opinion, right here. Yeah, can you hear this, Adam? I can hear it. Okay. Yeah, and this again, this is kind of like. Even the the very six songs, like it kind of starts with this maybe like intro. I'm kind of like, okay, I'm rocking to it, but then they just take it too far. Yeah, they do. Here it comes. Here it comes. Wait for it. 
And go. But anyway. Yeah. So that's the movement for the common man. It's a it's a it's a uh it's a 13 minute song. A lot of different parts, a lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of threads and strands. Yeah. A lot of what have yous. Yep. So and then the rest of the songs on the album are like 3 minutes long. Yeah, so side one is shorties. Movement for the Common Man and Right Away, I think. Is that is that okay. true? I think that's the next in the lineup. That is the next song, yeah. Which is one of my favorite stick songs of all time. And like someone like Chris Ratty, because I did the same thing with him. I played Sticks One, but I made sure to like have it start with Right Away, because it's just a yeah. quick little whatever, three minute jaunt. You know, just sounds like classic rock. And yeah. I didn't tell him, like, I'm going to have you listen to some sticks now. I just had it on in the car. I made sure it was ready to go. And then we got in to drive somewhere, and it just came on. He's like, who's this? Yeah. And I was like, fuck yeah, motherfucker. It sticks. Booyah. Yeah. No, I'll say that right away. And the song after that, What Has Come Between Us. Yeah. So, again, going back to listen to this album... To prepare for this episode, I was like, oh shit, these songs are sticks? Like, I remember them as staples of 123 High Street. Oh, really? We were listening to them there? college, yeah. Hmm. But I just never connected that they were sticks. Like, you know, you must have always been playing them. And I just thought it was, I don't know, some... Some, yeah, it was like a very... It was, you only- know, classic rock, something that like Chris would be into type music. I just, I, I, yeah, I just never imagined that these were stick songs. It could have been Grand Funk or Free or Mountain for all you knew. Yeah, exactly. See, exactly. we, we were That's playing what- the long con, Brad. It was a 20 year yeah. long con. Yeah. So I actually, li- actually like these songs a lot. Because I mean, you have. Because I think they're good songs, but I also have the heavy nostalgia. Nostalgia! With them. Yep. I was like, oh shit, these songs back from college, they're always playing. Right. At one, two, three high street. It was like, yeah. We had to play them on, you know, pretty heavy rotation for a year or two there. Then you go away twenty right. years don't later. Don't tell anyone what it is. Don't tell anybody. Twenty years later, you dial it back in, and then like, boom, infusion of nostalgia. That's how you do it. Yeah. All of a sudden, you realize, I love Big Brother. Right, I gotta pulse this a little bit more until it forms a ball. Here, while you do that, you can do that in time with the ninja movie. Here it is, yeah, this is right away. You know, listening to this song right now, I'm just imagining the strange path from here to Mr. Roboto. I know, man. And most of that's Dennis. But you know, at the same time, even with them doing Mr. Roboto, 
I gotta give them some credit, right, for trying to push some boundaries. Yeah, do something different, always change it up, take risks. Yeah. So, you know, I don't begrudge him that. And really, my kind of, like, hesitance with sticks really has very little to do with Mr. Roboto, per se. It's the No, it probably has a bit to do with it. It has a bit to do. 30% of it is actually that, probably. But only 30%. But that's one song, you know, out of their entire catalog. There's other shittiness around. Well, there's that and the whole concept that goes with it, right? The whole, like, intro to Caught in the Act Live. Mm Mm-hmm. No, I got you. And all of that. I got you. I ain't, but again, I ain't that is only it. maybe 30% of it. Okay. Wait, 30% of your problem with them? Of my hesitance with them, yeah. Okay. What's the other 70%? Just them. Too much vape? <laughs> Too much vape. Just them. <laughs> their music. I mean, this again, this first album. So this first album, again, John Kurluski. Kurluski. He was the... Kurluski. That was the biggest blow to them, is he had to step away, spend more time with his family and stuff. He just wasn't into it anymore. And, yeah. Uh, that was the terrible thing that happened. Because it seems much more like, yeah, like like in this album... He's definitely, I would, I would, again, I'm just kind of imagining, right? I feel like he's the dominant force here. Yeah, and Wait for Sticks he's 2. He's the guy singing a lot of these songs, right? Well, Dennis sings, well, JY sings right away. JY is a lot of okay. movement for the common man, except for the little keyboardy part that's Dennis. Right. Um, I always look at them like, Especially those first four albums, like everybody had an album. And to me, Sticks One is JY's album. Okay. Sticks Two is John Kurluski's album. Uh, Serpent is Kurluski's album, also. And Miracles is back to Dennis's album now. And that's kind of when he started taking over because Kurluski was getting sick of it. Equinox was his right. last album that he contributed to, and then he was out. Um,. He didn't even go on the Equinox tour. They had to, like, scramble to find a guitarist and singer to replace him, and they found Tommy. So, like, everybody kind of had their albums, but once Kurluski started stepping back, that's when Dennis, even though Dennis, J.Y., well, Dennis and the Panazzo brothers were the original members, and then J.Y. came along shortly after. So even though they were the original ones, I agree with you that Kurluski definitely had like heavy influence, especially right. early on, and I really liked that. And I like to imagine like where Sticks would have ended up if he would have stayed in the band. Would have been very different. Yeah. There wouldn't have been a fucking Mister Roboto. I'll tell you that much. Right. Yeah. Hearing and again, we're not really talking about that album. We'll maybe eventually get to that as we produce more Sticks and Scones yeah. in the future. But yeah, like. You know, you watch that VH1 behind the music, and you're talking about the JY one from like '98. Just, yeah, yeah. And like, but like JY is just like, you know, you bring up Mr. Roboto, and he's like, "Yeah, that fucker <laughs> made us do that song." Yeah. Well, that's because that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. JY is the rock and roller. You know. He wants to just do rock and roll for right. for better or for worse. Like 
Yeah, his solo albums, try listening to City Slicker one time. Ugh. Fucking unlistenable. His solo album? Crazy. JY has a solo album? He might have two. I think he has Raised by Wolves and City Slicker. I'm just freeballing so, here. What's his... Uh, so if it's... Um, if he just wants to rock out... Like, what makes it unlistenable? Like, is it, like, a lot of, like, toss or guitaring? Or, yeah, or that, and, like, it's just everything, like, look at how hard rock I am, but just the way Dennis is, like, look at how freeform keyboardy I am. Now imagine right. JY without any checks and balances being right. I'm Mr. Freeform, I'm playing my hard rock. Like, he yeah. collaborated with Jan Hammer, for fuck's sake, Brad. That's oh. not it's not going to turn out well. Yeah. I mean that's a separate podcast I guess, but Right. That's 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 the JY podcast. Right. It's called Pat on a Butt. Pat on a Butt. It's called JY Just You and Me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cuz JY, I get it. This doesn't seem like this is going to turn out too well. But it's too late to turn back. So where now. are you in the process here on these scones? I just formed the ball of quote unquote dough into a disc on my baking sheet. I have a silp hat, but it's very like sticky and like wet, and I feel like it should be firmer. A, a silp hat? Yeah. Is that like a brand of baking sheet? Yeah, well, you put it on the baking sheet. It's a silicon, silicone, silicon. It's like rubber. You say silicone, I say silicon. Right. Let's just move on. You put it on the baking sheet, and it's a nonstick thing, but it's instead of parchment paper, you know, you can reuse it. So, but yes, yeah, used for baking. So they're going in. I guess I, I'll get a picture of this. They're going in the oven. 20 minutes. 20 minutes. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. We'll see. So you said you formed the dough into a disc. That's right. But then did, did you like cut out like individual scones? Like how did that work? Or is this going to be one giant scone? It's a pizza pie. I cut it into eight wedges. Okay, so after it's done baking, you cut it up. Well, I cut it up yeah, now. Yeah, I guess. Oh, you cut it up now. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Got it. Now it's starting to make more sense to me. Okay. Yeah, I took a picture. Uh, you know, I don't eat scones that often. I think I've had a scone once, maybe. They're kind of like a, it's like a really hard cookie. Yeah. Isn't it? Uh, yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe crumbly more than hard. Yeah, crumbly more than hard, maybe. Well, I think some of them are hard. I mean, I've, I think I might have experienced them. I think maybe the first time it was like really hard. And I was like, this is a scone. And everyone's like, yeah, it's like this. But it's, then since then, I've kind of gone into the, uh, the what's it called, the crumbly mode. Yeah, either way, they're not very appealing, I'd say. But we'll find out. I mean, I'll send it to you. You'll make I'll your own judgment. Yeah. All right, we got 20 minutes at 400. Here, I'll send you a picture of the disc cut into wedges. It's kind of messy. Like I said, I'm not sure it's supposed to be that goopy. <laughs> We'll right. see what happens. Oopy. Goopy. So, uh... 
So you're kind of up and down on the first two songs. Right away is like solid, just whatever, late 60s, early yeah. 70s classic rock. N- not offensive. God damn it. Okay, good. So, you were saying, the last thing I heard was, you were kind of like going over the uh, the tracks again, saying like, right away... Right away is like, fits right in there. It's a song for its time and place. Uh, Movement for the Common Man is kind of ups and downs. Yes, <laughs> and yes. And then you like, you thought what has come between us was a reasonable facsimile of a classic rock song. Yeah, I did. That, like, chorus part, that, like, lovely lady. Tell me what you feel. Like, that was, that's, like, etched into my brain. And, again, it might just be the associations, right? That's just etched into my brain from college. Hmm. That chorus. I I had no, I I didn't, had no idea that was sticks. When I heard it, I was like, what? What the... It's like when Night Ranger came out, when James and I went to see those bands, I had no idea who they were or what they played, and all of a sudden they start singing Sister Christian. Right. Which I think was before we saw Boogie Nights, because I think uh, Alfred Molina plays Sister Christian in his Firecracker house. Maybe. He might. He might. He might. Sister Christian is kind of burned into my mind from... Uh well, from, I guess, I was going to say now, there's that musical with Tom Cruise with all the classic rock. And that's like the opening song, kind of. What the hell is that? Oh, is that ugh, Rock rock Mountain or whatever? Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages. Still- Sticks Renegade is in there. Oh, boy. Not in the movie, though. You'll be glad to know. Why not in the movie? They, they, I guess they cut it for time. It's in the Broadway show that the movie was based on. Hmm. Well, that's unfortunate. So, yeah. So then that, now, next we have Best Thing. And that was... Which, which is this Dennis DeYoung singing? That's definitely Dennis singing, yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Well, so this is was a, what has come between us, believe it or not. No, I could see that, I think. And I feel like Best Thing was like their attempt at... Making a hit, all right? We gotta have yes. a hit on this album. Well, and that's exactly what this was. This was their hit from the album. Right. It hit number 82 in the Billboard Pop Singles chart. Hey, not bad. Not bad for their first effort, right? Mm-hmm. They hit good old number eight. They, they scored. They made yep. it on the board, at least. Yep. It's a lot more than you can say for a lot of other people. It's true. Thermite never so, had that level of success. No. So there they were, number 82. And again, it's their first hit. The Young is singing. Maybe that starts giving him a swelled head. Maybe. It's like, listen, I'm the one. I'm the hit maker around these here parts. And that just got more and more accentuated with like Lady and Babe and everything else. Yep. 
So then he was eventually like, all right. It's my band now. It's my band now. We're going to do Mr. Roboto. I've had this dream. The great American musical. The decline. About robots taking over. Right. The decline of American culture and, you know, American supremacy. Like, we're just letting everything go to shit. Mm-hmm. This this beautiful theater from whatever golden age of theater. I don't know, forties, fifties, America, thirties even maybe, and then by the seventies it's all run down and falling apart. And it's his, you know, grandiose statement about the decline of America resonates today. There's always that kind of feeling. Each new generation, yeah, it's like oh shit. Things are worse than they've ever been, which is not really true. <laughs> Things are actually a lot better in a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, and that was the young made that kind of comment because, again, in doing research for this, I watched uh, Sticks being interviewed on live with Regis and Kathy Lee. Right. Around the time one of their greatest hits albums was coming out, and. Uh, I guess the night before was the MTV Video Music Awards. Okay. Because they start by mentioning that. And DeYoung makes some crazy comment about like how that's so beneath him or something, in essence. What, I MT- forget exactly what he said. MTV Music Awards are beneath him? Yeah, and like, you know, the, these crazy... You know, quote-unquote musicians that are playing on there nowadays. These kids... With their noise, with their electric twangers. <laughs> Is this like 95 or thereabouts? Probably. No, it was probably before that. Just trying to think when they had a greatest hits. 95, they released a greatest hits. Maybe it was then. And they re recorded Lady with Tommy Shaw. Yes, this is when they re recorded Lady with Tommy Shaw. For this album that okay. they talk about. Right. So that was, yeah, that was 95 then. Sticks Classics or something. Again, it was pretty exciting because it, there was like newish Sticks music out. So I was, you know, lined up to buy that. Sure. It's been, you know, five years since they've released anything. Edge of the Century was 1990. So, you know, we were starved for new mm-hmm. Sticks. So, all right, we're going to jump way ahead. All right. In the uh, Sticks universe here. But have you listened to Big Bang Theory, their album from 2005? Um, yeah, I think so. Is that the one that Billy Bob Thornton is on and Jack Black? I don't know about Jack Black, but it has... I mean, I haven't listened to it. I know... I'm just looking at it now because it's on Spotify here. Uh, it's... Um, but it has not Dennis DeYoung, but the new guy. Yeah. Who I assume that's Billy Bob, right? Well, no. No, no you're talking about literally Billy Bob Thornton on the album? Yes. Okay. Although that may not have been Big Bang Theory. That might have been... Um, well, maybe it was Big Bang Theory. It's either Big Bang Theory or Cyclorama. I don't see Cyclorama on Spotify. It may have been Cyclorama. Cyclorama okay. had like... People standing on a beach by the ocean with, like, carrots hanging, giant carrots hanging in the sky. I think they were trying to be Pink Floyd-esque. I see. It's a bit of a reach. Was this before or after Big Bang Theory? 
I'm going to say it was around the same, like this is like after Brave New World in 99, I was like, okay, I don't need to be buying any more of these albums. So I kind of lost it. But whatever the one I'm thinking of, like there was a little novelty aspect to it just because they had those personalities. Like Billy Bob fucking sings on one of the songs. And Jack Black plays guitar and sings on another one of them. Is it Jack Black or Jack White? Jack Black. Jack Black, the, the the comedic actor. Well, the musician and comedic actor. Sure, sure. Yes, that guy. I, I only pointed out because there's often times because you have Jack White and Jack Black, two different right. people, right? Different sides of the same coin, yet two different people, and. <laughs> Oftentimes, I will like just kind of like right and left. I will say one when I mean the other. Gotcha. But that, I guess, is just only to me. But I was just because it's easier for me to imagine Jack White on a Sticks album. I don't know why. Well, see, I don't think Which so. Which is why I wanted to double, double check. But then again, Jack White might be just too highfalutin. He's way because he's actually to associate with like the a likes of them. Serious musician. You know? Right, like he's Billy Bob Thornton and Jack Black. They're both actors trying to like. It's a novelty. Yeah, but yeah, Jack White wouldn't be on a Styx album. You no, know? come on. He's regarded as one of the best guitar players in history. He's not going. <laughs> right, that's way beneath he, he, him. He's not going to uh, team up with Dennis DeYoung. <laughs> no. So so instead of saying Dennis DeYoung performs the music of Styx, it'll say. Dennis DeYoung and Jack White perform the music of Sticks. Right. Hell no. Yeah, Cyclorama was before Big Bang Theory. It was 2003. Okay. okay. Billy Bob Thornton appears on the song Bourgeois Pig. And uh, let's see, Jack Black. And, and this was without Dennis DeYoung, correct? That's correct. Because the first time I heard of the Sticks without Dennis DeYoung was. Their cover of I Am the Walrus that appears on Big Bang Theory. Yeah, that's... Again, a very unfortunate creative choice. Unfortunate. Not sure what they were going for there. (sighs) Yeah, that's when I was like, all right, I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. They had a good run. But yeah, it happens. It does. Well, it doesn't happen to everybody. Like, say what you will about you, too. Like, they've got their ups and downs, but, you know, I know that there's a lot of anger over, like, them just pushing their album onto your phone without your say-so, but did you ever actually listen to it? I actually did listen to a little bit of it. It's not bad. It's pretty good. I'm going to say it's pretty good. I was like, fine. Fuck it. I'll listen to it. It's pretty good. Yeah. U2's well, one. But U2 isn't quite... No, I guess you're right. Sure. They're not, yeah, that is weird. Yeah. they. Well, they're always trying to reinvent themselves. Like Sticks. I'm on my baby carrot Bluetooth. Hello? Hello. <laughs> All right. Where Sticks failed miserably, U2 succeeded. Like every second or third album, they managed to reinvent themselves successfully. And Sticks could never do that. Yeah. Well, what I'm just occurring to me now is like, and again, it's the weird time dilation that happens as you get older. Like 1972 sticks one, Mr. Roboto, 1983. Right. 
That's like 11 years later. Right. Like, you 2 I'm not even sure when their first album was. Like, 78 or something? Jesus, really? That early? Yeah, I'm just guessing. But I'm, I'm going to say something like that. Yeah, 1980. But, yeah. So, in essence, that would be like U2 coming out with their version of Mr. Roboto in 1991. Right. Which is Which like, maybe they did. Well, I don't know that much about U2. Octune Baby or something? Well, Octune Baby, I think, is considered like their best by a lot of people. Well, Joshua Tree, so fuck that. But Octune yeah. Baby is pretty good. But they didn't they do like Rattle some albums? Hum. Rattle and Hum. Yeah, Rattle and Hum. And um, like after Zuropa, they did Pop? something weird. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, so they had their, I mean, like, you know, and again, I don't really know it that well. I mainly know it just academically from listening to podcasts about you two. <laughs> oh, I just heard a beep on your end. You did? Yeah, does that mean the scones are ready? I got 50 seconds left. Hmm. Well, you know, this Skype connection is so fucked up. Yeah. I might hear your beep before it happens. It could be. So keep me informed. Will do. Oh, shit. Um, I got no pot holder down here. Here, I got a bowl. Oh, fuck. I You're just going to have to. Oh, I got to take one for the with team. Your bare hands. Fuck it, dude. I'll pull just it let out. it out. Just, yeah. Pull it out with my feet. Just grab it with my toes. No, Might I got a with, towel. I got a, a little hand towel here. I can put use. your sneakers on your hands and pull it out with that. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't want to eat those scones after that. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Now, now you hear it. All right, here we go. Okay, those look a little weird. We got some weird scones on deck. Holy Max Headroom. Um, I'm going to give them another two minutes. All right. This could be an epic disaster. Back up to 400. Let's see how much temperature we lost there. 352. Fuck. Yeah, I'm going to do another two to three minutes. You know, Adam, while I'm waiting for these scones, yeah. quick is the beat of my heart. That's a JY special. Oh, shit. There it oh, is. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Oh, boy. Shh. Quiet. Quiet. I knew that was going to happen. All right. Thank you, first alert. All right. That's probably going to happen again next time I open the oven. Hey. Quick as the beat of my heart. What about it? Well, I was just making a a weird comment. And that's the JY, like, I'm going to be Mr. Hard okay. Rock and Roll guy. Right, right. But he had John Kurluski kind of as a foil at that point. Yeah. Kurlu, Kur, well, that's why Kurluski got sick of it. He was had to foil everybody. Right. He had to foil the young. He had to foil JY. Right. I'm sure it was fucking tiresome. Yeah, he had to keep it all together. And he was like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. And then, like, as soon as he left, they blew up and got huge. Right. But with his music, though, right? 
Well, with Lady, but that was kind of a Dennis DeYoung song. Because Lady right. didn't get popular until a couple years later, like after he was out. Right. Or like right around the time he left. Some radio DJ played it in like, I don't even know where, Ohio or something. And then like the switchboard lit up. What's that song? Play it again. And then that became popular. So he's like, ah, oh, fuck. That goes all my money. Yep. And then he died of a brain aneurysm in 88. He just couldn't take the uh, stress of like quitting the band right when they became super popular. Probably weighed on him for 13 years. Until eventually broke him. It's not good to be named John and be in sticks. Because John Panazzo died the night before John, Joss Whedon and I... Right, right. He wasn't playing with them on that tour because he was too sick, but uh, he died the night before, and they canceled that show, and then they played the next show, which was the one we went to see at Jones Beach Amphitheater. All right, I'm going to say these are done in 10 seconds. Yeah, yeah. All right. There we go. All right, here we go. Okay. Okay. I mean, I don't really know what a scone is supposed to look or feel like, so whatever. These don't feel too dry. Now I gotta get. Maybe them you gotta let them dry out first. Well, I know you like your scones dry, so I got I got one spatula down here, so I gotta rinse this off. I can put them on the rack. Dry out a little bit. Oh shit! There it goes. God damn it! Oh. This, this podcast has become really fucking oh. riveting at this point. I got Okay. 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 You good? You good? Shh, we're in this together. Shh. Okay. All right, I'm running back to the oven now. Okay, here we go. Get these little bastards off there, onto the rack. So are these things like ready to eat, or do you have to rack them first? Well, I just don't want them to get overcooked on the bottom. Like, who knows, they may already be. But they'll continue to cook if I don't get them off of there. Oh, they look pretty good. I say they're pretty much ready to eat, but they'd just be really hot. Right. All right, they don't look terrible. I'll figure out how to wrap them up, and I'll send a couple up to you. All right. Oh, the, they uh, they cover manic depression. I wonder how that goes. Is that on Big Bang Theory? Yeah, apparently Big Bang Theory. I did not realize this. This is all covers. All covers. Great. It's an entire album of covers. Why would they do Although, that? Although a lot of these songs, I just don't know them. Like what? Um, a Salty Dog by Procol Harum. What's it called? A Salty Dog? Yeah. Procol Harum. I'm not even sure if I'm saying that right. R- whiter Shade of Pale or whatever, right? Oh, they did that. I think so. You're right, they did. I got a little... I think I have that a little confused. Yeah, I don't really know them. I know the name, but... Okay. For some reason, I thought they were like a... Like early British, kind of like... Proto-alternative 
new wave type band. I just had them confused. Yeah, that's not them. That's not them. Mm-mm. Summer in the City by the Lovin' Spoonful. Hot town, summer in the city. I was going to say, is that what it is? I assume so. Back of my Jesus. neck, get dirty and gritty. Yeah, I know that one. I'm sure that's awesome. I want to hear. I'm going to listen to the. I can't wait to go listen to Big Bang Theory after we're done here. You got your night all mapped out. And hear what they do. Although it sucks because I'd much rather hear. See what DeYoung would do with some of these. I know. I know. He could synth the shit out of that song. Yeah. Hot town. <laughs> Somewhere in the city. That's his synthesizer. Yep. Well, I got some scones here, Brad. All right, we got some scones. Yeah. I if you if you I did not expect you to send them to me, but if you do that, that'll be pretty. Oh, I'm gonna wrap them up kick and send ass. them. I mean, so I can't wait to to get them. We got We talked the about loop. sticks one. We did well, and we didn't get to the what last two songs. You can. I don't really have anything to say about them. No. No, they're okay. just kind of there. All right. Well, they're kind of like. Oh well, you did talk about "Quick as the Beat of My Heart," but after you, we leave mentioned me. it. But yeah, after you leave me, because that's another JY I'm actually, song. Yeah, I'm having a hard time even remember. Here, let me play that quick. So I need to jar my memory. You might as well here. I gotta go through here. All right, this is "Quick as the Beat of My Heart." Yes, the JY yeah. rock and roll. Very chunky. Which is the beat of my heart. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, After You Leave Me has... See, the, Styx is very into that, like, opening fanfare. Yeah. Let me play that again. Yeah, and they all come in for that, and then... Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. After you, yeah, after you leave me, what uh, that will I I'm do, gonna, which I think is I'm a gonna, cover of a George Clinton song or something. I think that sounds familiar to me. Now that you say that, I'll put "After You Leave Me" into the same bucket as I put "Right Away" in "What Has Become of Us." What has come between us? I do too. What Those is, are like, yeah, they fit right in there. They fit in there. It has the same kind of groove, the same style, mm-hmm. and yes, I remember it from that uh, from from one two three high. The salad days, as they were. Yes, but yeah, a lot Maybe of these there are would covers. be no returning to the salad days. You can't go back again. But I remember realizing that what most of these songs are covers, except for what "Movement for the Common Man" and "Best Thing." Maybe right away, but the rest of them are covers. Maybe. Maybe. Or, or if not covers, at least written by other people. Yeah. See, here's what's weird. My internet is not working. Like, I can't re-pull up the Sticks album Wikipedia page. Yet we're Shit. still able to talk, but soon it's going to just disconnect. And I don't know how we're able to still talk when the internet's not working. Well, it's a good but, question. If it does disconnect, we'll take it as a sign, because my scones are done. All right. Well, let's just sign off. All right. How do you how do we sign off on sticks and scones? Well, Brad, after you leave me, what will I do?
Diane, I am holding in my hand a small box of chocolate bunnies. <laughs> so uh, I'm here with my wife. You might know her. Her name is Christine. And we have a box from Adam, don't we? We have a very special box here, yes. It's special because it seems like some sort of moth. I guess just a single moth. It's so complicated. A moth suffered a sudden deceleration trauma against the side of this box. It kind of looks like maybe it was transported here on a motorcycle and it was strapped to the top. Because, like, a moth is embedded into the box. Like, it doesn't come off. Like I can shake the box. So, already we know we're in for a treat. Okay. We have here a box of scones from Adam. Whatever's in there can only go uphill from there. With the Mothman. So, I'm going to cut this box open. We'll see what kind of packing job Adam did in here. And then we'll uh, we'll see what else happens. Ah, Don't cut yourself, Brad. Just a little. So what kind of scones are these? That's the question. Adam was a little cagey. He didn't want to say. So we'll find out. You didn't make any scones. I didn't make any scones. I'm not equipped. My studio does not have a kitchen in it yet. All right. Sad. This is not easy to open with this knife. It's a lot of ins and outs. It had to be a knife. A lot of what have you. Well, I don't know the scissors would fare much better. You know, it was food items. Adam needed to make sure this was securely packaged. We didn't want detritus from the such postal as system. Moths. Such as well the moth is on the outside as far as we can tell. I think it only got embedded halfway through the cardboard. See, I can't even like rip this open with my hands. Okay. Look at this. Some air bubble. Oh, this is like serious that packaging. Is a well packaged scone. We got the air these like air pocket things to keep it from rumbling around. Documenting right. this process. Yeah, get a picture of that. Uh we can put on the the website. And uh, let's open this up. That is a well-packaged scone. It's some gutter scones. <laughs> That's what it says. Gutter mm-hmm. scones. When you Get put it like that, that, let me dig it in. All right. It's Hurry up. Lot. We got that air. It's a lot of documenting. We got that air. <laughs> I don't know if I can get the writing it's yeah it's like on a shiny surface there we go i think i'm getting it there we're getting it okay so have you eaten a lot of scones christine i'm not sure i even really know what a scone is okay so you're in the same boat as adam and i i mean i know what a scone is it's kind of like a crumbly hard cookie is it triangular in shape they're usually triangular or like like yeah wedge See, I look at what I have in front of me here, and I would think that it is... Now, these are, like, kind of... A pita. Yeah, these are... These scones are cut very much like pizza pie shaped. Uh-huh. I think normally scones are much more... Well, I, I thought they would be more puffy. 
are more... No, scones are not puffy at all. Scones are not puffy? They're, they're hard and crumbly. They don't puff. So they're like a biscotti? They're kind of like a biscotti. They're partway there. All right, I'm, here. I want to smell this. Smell it. Describe. What are you smelling? I smell... I almost want to say... Like glue or something. You know, like a, this dog... He lays on the couch all day. We decide to record. He decides to just walk in circles through the house. He's not going His little clickety-clack nails on our audio recording. Anyway, continue. I don't even notice it. But yeah, there's a... It's not glue, but there's a... Like a... A bland smell. Do you know what I mean? A glue smell. Well, not glue. Well, that could happen because don't you mix like water and flour? You make glue. Yeah, I guess. And that's probably the main ingredients here. You know, and we were talking, it's all chemistry, so you messed that up. Instead of having a scone, you have glue. Hmm. When so I was first opening it... Adam made a glue scone? When I first opened, a huge amount of, I thought, good smell came out of this package. Although now that I'm smelling it... Is that why he didn't want to tell you? Because he was making glue scones? Maybe. So do you think that's part of the scone? Like recipe or, or do you think that's part of, of the moth? I can't tell. Hard no, to this say. isn't too bad. Mm, again. It's actually pretty good. I need some milk to wash it down, but. Yeah. It, so what does it taste like though? It's not like a sugar cookie. It's not as sweet no. as a sugar cookie. No. Texture wise, I would equate it to like a little bit sturdier than like pumpkin bread or zucchini bread yeah. or something like that. I would, well, way sturdier than that. I mean, keep in mind, this is Adam's scone. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily scones. He doesn't have, he's not, doesn't have a lot of experience with scones. He doesn't have a lot of experience with baking. So this is just his attempt to follow a scone oh, recipe a, and for something to come out. So this may even like it tastes good, but it may a, not even be a scone. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I feel like tomorrow we should get some Starbucks scones or well, something to Well, that's the thing, compare. yeah. I thought when I saw the ones at, like, yeah, Barnes & Noble or something, that they were puffy. That they were, like... They were rounder, mm-hmm. if that's what you mean by puffy. But the inside is still like this. Yeah, well, I've never eaten one, so I don't know what the, the texture would be like. But, but yeah, visibly, visually, they were thicker, taller, higher. Right. In height. About the height of a... Maybe not a two-inch pigeon. Maybe a one-and-a-half-inch pigeon. Okay. No, I'll go with that. So what flavor are these, do you think? Well, again, scone that's what flavor. Saying. Yeah, they, they don't have, like... They're, they're not blueberry scones or chocolate chip scones. They're just scone-flavored or... scones. There's a something in there. I thought... Maybe Adam would make white Russian scones. Maybe this mm. is what they are. Maybe they are. You can't tell. That was just a... I mean, there's certainly not a... Is there, a sharp sweetness to them. A sharp... I don't know. I'm terrible at things like I'm that. I'm going to do a little Google here. I'm not one of those um, um, foodies that says, Oh, there's just a hint of nutmeg. White Russian scones. Is there even such a thing? Well, there will be now. It is up there. 
White Russian scones. So if these aren't them. That's going to be the next thing. Tell you what, they look nothing like this. Let me see. Well, these have strawberries in them, too. Mm. Those look kind of burned. Yeah, they have a different texture going on. All right. So these scones. A scale from 1 to 10. Well, how can you scale? And, I, and I'm going to say, you know, for the scale benefit of Adam. I one before. You know, I'm going to give him the unvarnished truth. I'm not just going to, you know, put a whole bunch of bull out there like, oh, these are delicious, right? However, I will say, they're pretty good. One to ten, just in the terms of, like, something I would want to eat. I'll put this in, like, the seven and a half to eight. I would want to eat something like this for breakfast. Well, cornstones are typically consumed at breakfast. Are they? I thought they were, like, a dessert. No. They usually, I think, they go with, like, coffee. Like a biscotti. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, those are the scones. Not too shabby, Adam. Story of the scone and the moth. I'd buy that for a dollar. Pretty good. I'm definitely going to have one of these tomorrow for breakfast with some coffee. And even now, after we're stopping, I'm going to get some milk. It's like the whole, okay, eat the baked goods. You need some milk to wash it down, or else it just doesn't yeah. feel Yeah, there is a little bit of maybe dryness, but no, they're overall, yeah, I'd give them a. I mean, having never tasted one before, I don't feel right scoring it. But, yeah, in the category of other breakfasts that I've had, yeah, I'd go with you around a 7 to 8, somewhere in that range. All right. Excellent. Well, thank you, Adam. Thank you for bringing sticks into our life, as well as these delicious scones. Amen. Amen.